This is what the truck. What's up, man? <laughs> and gloom, right? Hey, hey happy Friday afternoon from the heart of doom and gloom freight alley. Yeah, we what's got a, happening? We got a stack show, but there's just something that I saw right before I came on air, and we got to talk about this really quick because we were talking okay. about feuds that were going on. We talked about Biggie versus Tupac because we got them on our desk here, right? Biggie. We talked about Elon versus Trump, the battle of the week. Oh, yeah. But now we got Gizmo versus Baby Yoda. Really? Gremlins director Joe Dante, he told the San Fran Chronicle, I think the longevity of Gremlins is really key to this one character, Gizmo, who is essentially like a baby, which brings me, of course, to the subject of Baby Yoda, who mm. is completely stolen and just out and out copied shamelessly, I would think. What do you say? I think Dante needs to uh, rethink his position before he finds himself in an inferno. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, his, his point is pretty um, bad, too, because Yoda was in Empire Strikes Back, came out in 1980. Gremlins came out in 1984. Joe Dante, get in your place. There are a lot of rumors that Steven Spielberg directed that movie anyway. All right? Yeah, so, that's true. That's Still true. Gremlins, though. Great yeah, he film. did reverse aging on uh, Yoda and came up with Giz. Well, we got a big show today. We're going to get an update on those port protests, what they're all about, why they're happening, and where they're going. We'll find out how AI works for contract uh, freight contract negotiations. We'll learn about driver onboarding at ArcBest and much more. So let's tip the band and we'll get over to Sandra. We got, uh, what do we got here? Did you know AIT Worldwide Logistics is one of the fastest growing freight forwarders out there? They grew by 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane Chicago Business Fast 50 list. But how do they do it? Uh, that I don't know. Well, they do it by earning their customers Trust with cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions. Find out how your business can benefit when you visit. Tell them, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. All right, let's jump over to Sandra at RPR Trucking LLC to find out a little bit about what's going on in SoCal and AB5. Sandra, thanks so much for taking a little time. Uh, it's the morning for you, afternoon for us to, uh, to get us up to date on what's happening. Hey, good morning, guys. So, you know, we're... We're doing great. And, you know, Rooster, he works with me over on Back the Truck Up. He's one of our writers here. And we're trying to get information about the AB5 protest. We heard it was going into a second day yesterday. And he caught um, one of the live streams you folks had up. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in the protest and, and why you guys are making a stand? Well, um, I'm, I'm an owner-operator for uh, – I have two trucks, basically. And we work with our PR trucking that's been very supportive with us in regards to, you know, giving us work. And um, with this new law, now it would require for me to get, it's not only just everybody thinks that you only could get your authority and your LLC, mm -hmm. but now I would have to get my full SCAT code and, and, and all my permits and chassis and everything for the ports to in order for me to continue functioning with our PR trucking. What happens there is that now before what it would be is that they'll send us an order we will go pick it up take it to the destination and that was it now it's now i have to go and work, go and fill out all these paperwork and do all this stuff and get my own customers now and try to get these trucks going so basically what we feel is that we were we were so uh, popular during the pandemic being so mm -hmm, essential mm -hmm. we know that this law came in in 2019 we were so busy being essential that we didn't know that ab5 was going to really screw us over to be honest 
It's a great yeah, didn't too. understand the impacts, which is which, that. I mean, that again, not understanding is understandable because it's very confusing. Sure. Even now, after it's gone, we're still trying to figure out what the impact is to to all of you guys. So, what if they set you up as they are brokers? Can you? Does that help you as if they're brokering to you okay, instead so of? Everybody's no. talking. Yes, I'm so sorry to cut you off. So everybody's talking about brokering. Yes, yeah. it will work. It does work if it's a yard to yard movement. That means that I am eliminated to going into the port unless I get my own SCAT code. That uh. means that I'm losing about three hundred dollars per load because I'm gonna because they could broker it off to me. So now I'm gonna lose the ability to grab my load from the port and take it direct. So that takes a cut off of my off of our drivers and my paycheck. Yeah, gotcha. it's brutal. And, you know, this is a law that was put in place to attack Uber and Lyft, and they're not even involved in this. They spent over $200 million lobbying to not be involved. An irony of ironies, of course, here in trucking, we always got to bear the brunt of the world on our back. You said it perfect. We were thought of as essential. So talk a little bit about the protest. What was your involvement with it? Are there plans for more? Or are you going back out there today? Um, no, well, we, our point was, uh, let me make it clear. We wanted to make our, we wanted to voice our opinion. And yes, the only way we were going to do is we attacked the main supply, supply chain, which was the ports. The war wasn't against the ports. It basically, we wanted to be uh, heard. So the only way we could do is to, you know, to protest in front of where we're going to, uh, you know, disrupt a little bit of the business there. So we did it. Yeah, we did it on Wednesday. We did it on Thursday. Um, I believe. Um, the company that I that that work that I work for that um, works you know that moves my freight that helps me move their freight that I move their freight for them I'm sorry excuse me they're shut out now from Hanjin they shut them out completely uh, they have no nothing to do with this you know because we are owner ops stepping up but yeah Whoa. they they're holding it against the company as well <laughs> wow so what's so Sandra what's the what's the what's the hope now I mean you, you, you're doing a poter, the protest is yeah. anybody listening or is there a way to if you don't continue the protest and stoppage of work or whatever how do you keep your voice being heard and what's the hope moving forward to get this maybe overturned or changed so what I'm seeing is I have a lot of people behind the scenes that are telling me now that I believe that the Trucking Association is talking into the governor. And I believe 28 councilmen already signed some kind of petition in regards for the governor to go ahead and revisit the bill. Um, I mean, it's I mean, it's nothing concrete, but that was the goal. So I, uh, I we didn't go out to protest today because the goal was not to, was to get, you know, to voice our opinion, mm -hmm. but not to cause chaos anymore. You know, so but I know Oakland will be doing that next week. Okay. I got you. So so it could be a periodic thing to keep it in the forefront of people's mind till you get some sort of re resolution. Right. But now that some attention exactly. is being. Now some attention is being brought to this. Uh, there may be more drivers who are interested in taking a stand. Do you think that this could go back to SoCal in next week or in the coming weeks? Well, I believe that I'm hearing many different uh, owner operators. And again, like I want to make, make sure that it, I voiced it that just as owner operators we are, we are, you know, speaking our opinion. Don't attack the trucking companies that are giving us the work and mm -hmm. close them out from the ports and stuff. They have nothing to do with this. They're they're fine. They're standing with us, but they they still have to continue, you know, moving and working as well. But yes, I believe that if it does nothing happens, then they, yeah, I believe that that's what's going to happen. They're going to go back out there again. Yeah, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I love the fact that you're putting out there that you don't really want to harm anybody else's yeah. business. Just get your voice heard so you're not being harmed. Exactly. Yeah. And I just that's what I, I, I wanted to convey that because I felt so bad that, you know, the company that gives puts 
you know, food on my table is being banned from TTI. And when they had no, no, you know, they were here waiting. They were here at their office waiting, you know, and anxiously and, and their loads were put on hold because we went out there and striked and they supported us through it. Well, Sandra, we hear you. We're listening. We're going to keep following uh, as this develops. We hope there's some changes. I know that there's sort of a Hail Mary with the CTA and OIDA. They're looking into uh, the Commerce Clause and seeing if anything can help and happen there. I know it's murky for everybody. You know you need to get the SCAT code. A lot of people are talking to lawyers. They're not exactly sure. We're even hearing that some carriers are just going to ignore it until enforcement comes in because what are they going to do? Because a lot of the trucking companies don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. We don't. There's a lot of big trucking companies that they do not know what to do. There's and everybody keeps saying this brokerage, brokerage, but they don't really realize how much money that the owner ops going to lose if they broker their load off to us yard to yard. Yeah, well, hopefully we can keep looking into this and getting more and more clarity as it moves on. Because like you said, it's murky. And like you said, it's confusing because I had no idea. I thought brokerage might be the answer. But now that explanation there, yeah, it is. But now I'm losing $300 load. That's a lot of cash. Yeah. And, you know, we saw the video. We showed you you the video. I mean, there's people holding signs and stuff. But it wasn't a, uh, like you said, it's not a situation where they were trying to harm anybody. It was an actual peaceful protest, not even like the meme version of a peaceful. It was a real peaceful protest. There was no violence or anything like that that occurred nothing was set on fire no issues like that um sandra no that wasn't the goal. yeah you you uh, sandra we, we we support you uh we hope this shakes out thank you so much for coming on here and just letting us thank know you. a little bit of the uh the reasoning behind why you're all taking a stand thank you so much thank you you have a good day we appreciate it tough situation for the drivers and as she mentioned there tough situation for the trucking companies you have all of these drivers you want to support them right yeah because they're they're leased onto you you want you want to uh yeah. to give them their effort but it also puts you in a situation with the port and this is some of the the fallout from yesterday um one one shipper sent me due to the protests at the port of la long beach our dre guys are having to cancel all appointments due to lines being right. backed up and entrances blocked um that was also like 2021, most of it. So at the moment, they were yesterday they were clogging ITS, APM, TRI, FMS, and PCT. There were picket lines about five. Uh, there were picket lines that were allowing five to ten trucks in every uh, five to ten minutes. So that's what we know so far. It doesn't sound like it's going to kick off again today. We will see uh, next week. Uh, of course, there is that plan for Oakland. Yeah, it's good to see that it has been peaceful, and I think they've got the right attitude there. Obviously, if everybody is yeah. like Sandra, then then we we have uh, some uh, level heads out there, and I think they'll be taken more seriously that way with that type of you know it's very level headed speak, yeah. right, coming out of there. So. By the way, guess what we got? We got what some we what the truck hats just arrived here, and these are like giveaway exclusives. These are full. Promos. These aren't going into like a swag store or anything. So these are going to go out to all of you, some of our friends of the show, those kind of things. And also get the back of the truck. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that on your Well, this one's one of a kind. This is a sample they sent. And I said, okay, go print more. (laughs) Oh, okay. But we'll have some stuff. But those of you who, uh, I don't know, should we give a couple away today? Hell yeah. All right. Tweet at Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Tweet at me uh, that you want a hat or a shirt size. I'll pick, I don't know. Five or ten of you, or maybe the or the first. You know what? I'll make it this way: the first five or ten of you reach out to me, send yeah. some stuff out to you. There that you go. Good. There you go. I All agree. Right. I think so. Well, that, well that you know, cool. as we heard from Sandra, a driver, drivers need transparency, right? Yes, they Especially do. Especially when you drive and you live on an island, that anxiety and and what's happening, what's happening with your data and all of that stuff. Drivers need some clarity on. Well, we have a great guest to talk about that. It's Tim Crawford. He is the co-founder and CEO over at Ten Street. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. You have a great name. 
Nice. Likewise, your parents chose really, really well. <laughs> they did. They did. And, <laughs> and they worked well with Dooner, too, because Flexport like put out this list of the top 55 people to follow in supply chain. It's yeah. in alphabetical order. So D is pretty close to the top. So lot people think I'm like the 15th most important person, but really it's alphabetical order. I was 52nd most important. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you got Vincent as a last name. You, yeah. you got you to be in reverse alphabetical order to win. I, I was the one in the back of the room just sitting there going, yeah, all right. They'll get to me eventually. <laughs> Tim, it's wild but, times. Before we jump into things, how are things going for you and the team over at 10th Street. I saw some of your people over in Arkansas. It's always a pleasure. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Things are going great. And uh, and I heard about the meeting over in Arkansas. It sounds like it was a really great event. It really was. People were very excited to get back out and, and see what was going on. So it was very, very positive. But you guys got some positive news here. Yeah. You got some new features that you've added to Driver Pulse. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, we do. We do. We, uh, we just rolled out a new feature. We're calling it App Transparency. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough when you're a driver. Uh, you know, carriers are, are really hungry to find drivers and, and sometimes drivers don't know kind of, hey, how did you get my name and email or a phone number or that kind of thing? And that can be a little disconcerting. And so what, what we did is we basically said, hey, look, you go into the Driver Pulse app and you're going to see every carrier, every app that's ever been received, right, since the business got started, in, you know, 15, 16 years ago, right? And so... And, and it's interesting because if you think about it from a driver's perspective, hey, you got in the industry, you went to driving school, right? Your, your school sent your application out to 10 different carriers. Um, you drive from one of those carriers for a couple of years, and then you go out to a job board and your application gets sent out to another 40 carriers. A couple of years go on and, and you're back out in the market again or your phone starts ringing. Um, well, in the interim, what's happened is, hey, two of the carriers uh, that you got your application from the truck school, they got acquired by other carriers, um, and now all of a sudden your, your phone's getting blown up and, you know, you don't have any idea where that, how that guy got your name. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is in our own corner of the world say, Hey, look, everything we know you're going to know, and you've got the ability to say, Hey, who's got my data? Where did it come from? And, oh yeah. And by the way, I kind of control how you can reach out to me and, and give a clear signal. Hey, look, don't call me. Don't text me. Don't email me if you don't want, you know, contact from that particular carrier. That was a big issue that was coming up during the Great Resignation. I remember reading a couple articles about how many people were implying, uh, applying in mass, but how yeah. many jobs are just, uh, they're, they're data factories. They're just mining people's data. It's not actually going to go into any applicant pool. They're just using that. And they're selling it right out to other companies. Then you start getting weird text messages and things like that. Yeah. It's more important than ever right now for driver transparency on applications, is it not? Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of our clients are really, really, you know, pressed to, you know, fill those trucks on the fence and they're going and a lot of them are leaving no stone left unturned. Right. So if you've, you've got a list of people, hey, you're going to reach out to them. And some of the times that's really welcome. Hey, it's a driver. It'd be totally up for driving for that carrier. But sometimes it's a little can be a little disconcerting. And so we really want to put the driver in control uh, and which is kind of the idea behind what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Okay. So, Tim, you guys sell software to the carriers, right? And you're making right. it easier, but you're making it easier for drivers to opt out from communication from those carriers, right? Right. So ex explain that. How does that work for the carriers? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's the way I kind of look at it is, look, if, if I don't want to get a text message from you, I'm probably pretty certainly not going to drive for you. Um, and, and so the sooner that you know that as a carrier and the sooner, the better I can signal that as a driver, that just makes everybody's life a little easier. Mm. Um, and so we think it's in everybody's best interest. You know, the, the, the carrier has no interest, 
Um, and if they knew that, hey, this driver is never going to come work for me, they don't really want to communicate. You know, they're, they're not blowing people's phones up for the, for the fun of it. Right? They're doing it with the idea of, hey, maybe this, this might be a good spot for this driver. So we just think it's a way to make uh, you know, more friction-free, uh, clearer communication sort of across the board. Right. So when you're when you're doing this, how does this really help that carrier? There are other helps. I mean, you, I imagine if I'm a carrier and like 50 percent of people opt out from me contacting them, I need to really rethink maybe my culture or something. Right. No, that, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, we think it's the, the drivers we see that are the happiest um, are at the right carrier for them. Right. It's got the right mix of pay and home time and equipment, company culture, all those things. Um, and, and so we think, Hey, by, by giving the, uh, clear a way for drivers to send a clearer signal to carriers, um, uh, now carriers can use that time. Don't go chase somebody who doesn't really want to hear from you. Spend those same amount of recruiting time, have those same conversations with the drivers who are interested in coming to work for you, right? That's in everybody's, in everybody's interest, we think. So Tim, when are these new features available? Are they, are they out now? Yeah, they're out now. We rolled it out, oh, uh, just a few days ago. We've already had, you know, 10,000 guys come, come and come through and control their settings. And, and we're really excited about that because it's, you know, every time somebody makes that setting, it's like, okay, those, that's a couple of messages that didn't get, get sent that would have been annoying to the, to the recipient. So we think it's a good thing. Yeah, so is that why it's behind a login? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're really, really careful around, um, you know, we have a lot of data around um, what that driver's sort of uh, application history have been. And yeah. we're really careful around privacy and those things. And so we make sure that, hey, before we're going to show a bunch of data, we want to make sure we know who we're talking to. And, and so that can be a little bit of a headache of, you know, having to log in and, and go through that authentication step. But, you know, uh, it is really personal data, and we try to be really sensitive to that. Yeah, that makes that, a lot of sense. I like what I'm hearing, Tim. That, uh, where do people go to learn more or to sign up? Where, we, where should we send them to? Yeah, yeah. So drivers can use it on the, the Driver Pulse app. You know, it's on the iOS and Google Play stores. Um, you know, about a million drivers have already downloaded the app and are using it. Um, but most of them don't know this feature is brand new. Right. So if they can just check out the, the Pulse app, uh, they sh there'll be a link right on the homepage. You have my data get here. Uh, takes awesome. them through and shows them everything we know. Awesome. Tim, yeah. you up for a wheel of stupid yeah, questions? Yeah, it's Friday. We got to send you the wheel of stupid questions. You open to oh, it? I would love a wheel of stupid questions. Sweet. All right, let's see what we got here. I had Vincent. to put, I put a couple screws back on. Well, I know it broke on, on yeah, Wednesday. It hit, me, <laughs> so it hit myself. It's it. back in, in I, you gave it too much mustard. It's back in commission. All right, you ready? Here it is. Yeah. What is one sound that gives you a ton of anxiety? Uh, one sound that gives me a ton of anxiety. Um, um, I'm a pretty anxious person, so trying to narrow it down to one sound is tough for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would say you know, that sound your phone makes when you've got an unanswered text message yeah. One more. I am horrible about texting and the idea of, okay, I've got, I just went from a thousand to a thousand and one unread messages. <laughs> it's just feeling like red. I'm like, oh man, I'm just even further behind. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so, the, I'm the same yeah. way with email, Tim. I, I, I know the feeling. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your time today. Hey, I really appreciate being here. Y'all have a great weekend. You, you too. too, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> you know, you know, what's you know, what's hilarious. Huh. Um, 
for me, mine is because so my, myself and my kids we play this game Zelda Breath of the Wild all the time, and okay. there's these things called guardians in it. Mm, and when you yeah. walk past the guardians, they put a laser on you, and you only have like a few seconds to get away, and the laser tracks you, and it makes yeah. it makes this sound. It's like eh, 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 eh. yes, yeah, yes, like yes, it's, yes, it's yes, terrible. Yes, yes. The other one is a Slack notification. I just hate that that sound, <laughs> and I hate the sound of the air raid silent siren Apple alarm. Oh, really? Yeah. That, but that's like your wake-up alarm. Yeah, no, I use it because I hate it. I know. I was just yeah. going to say, wait a minute. We roomed <laughs> together, and I heard that. Yes, I use it because it's guaranteed to wake me up. Maybe, maybe you hate it, so it because it wakes you up all the time. <laughs> well, let's get over to Jason Turner. He is the VP of Talent and Growth Initiatives over at the wonderful ArcBest. He's coming back on the show, or he's coming on the show. I think this is his first time, actually. We've had ArcBest on, but I don't know if we've actually had Jason. Jason, have you been on the show before? This is my first time. It's, it's finally here. I thought I would, yeah, I would have recognized that orange shirt anywhere. Well, this is how I feel about being on the show today. So I'm <laughs> channeling my color. Thanks for having <laughs> us as well. And greetings from Arkansas. Fort Smith says hello. Oh, I was going right. to say, is that Arkansas right outside your window over there? I thought I recognized it I from being Arkansas. at our event. <laughs> Ooh, are we going to get a pig yeah, suey out of me? hundred degrees. We have to. We'll get one afterwards. So, yeah. you know, one of the reasons, so Argus reached out and we're like, what can we talk about? What can we collaborate about? And one thing that some drivers had mentioned to me that I thought would be a great topic was, uh, yeah. well, newer drivers or people who are thinking about becoming drivers. They wanted to know what it was like joining a trucking company and what the onboarding process was like. And some drivers who've been with the place for a long time is like, what is it like sure. this day? I joined my company 10 years ago. You know, what is it like now to go right. to another company? right. So let's start off there. Why is ArcBest a great place for drivers? Why should they start their careers there or continue their careers there? Well, thank you. And that's my favorite question to answer because people are at the heart of our success. You know, we're preparing here to celebrate our 100th anniversary as a company. And uh, that is based on a values-driven culture that has really propelled us through the decades. So what we love to do is see people want to come in, bright and bright-eyed people, and then we want them to belong and help us go achieve our great mission, which is really all around keeping the global supply chain moving. And I know you guys are talking a lot about drivers today. So, you know, some examples around uh, our ABF freight drivers, when they come aboard, you know, it all starts kind of like Tim's uh, session there. It's, you know, building trust early on, helping them feel uh, like they belong, showing them how they fit in. As a matter of fact, I have an artifact here for you. This is something that a new driver gets with ABF freight, goes to their home. And you get this cool message from the president, QR code. You can watch a video. It comes with some swag. I liked your hat swag. I'd love to get one of those. But it all starts right there. But then when they get to us, what we love to do is connect them. Because it's so cool that I can say this with pride, that one of our leading causes of turnover, and we know in our industry it's all about uh, retention, one of our leading causes is retirements. And whenever I, I had another artifact for you, you know, one of our publications, this is our comes out every two months. We call it our bylines. It's been going for decades. But these pages here that go and talk about all the service awards and anniversaries and the retirements, wow. it's just unique. And the reason people stay is because we're doing something that matters and they love working with the people. It's about relationships. It's that trust that Tim talked about earlier. And so what we try to do, again, back to your original question, is try to connect them with our mission and then build strong relationships early in that process. 
That is excellent stuff, Jason. And when retirement is your leading cause of losing employees, mm-hmm. that is a great thing that, to be that, happening. That, that, that's a flex. Yeah, that is a flex. That is certainly a flex. So there's got to be great experience there. What's the driver experience uh, like there that keeps them there forever? Well, what happens, first of all, you know, and again, just using that particular role, we have dozens of roles across our integrated logistics company. But just to zone in on the driver, the first thing is, you know, a leading compensation and and package that that takes care of them. And we know that's a, a debated thing, but you know, when we talk about our ABF drivers, they have one of the best packages, and that includes insurance, you know, the health and welfare things, pension, you know, help them set themselves up for future success. Wellness is a core value for us, and we believe financial wellness is a big part of that. So, uh, but that that's kind of table stakes, if you will, in this day and age. But that experience then really moves into more of that emotional side of things. When you hit the ground, uh, you hit the ground with a, a mentor. There's a there's a thoughtfully designed new employee orientation, usually rookie schools with uh, various people starting at the same time. But then everybody's getting that 80 hours on the front end. And that, that isn't just the technical side of things. But it's really connecting them with the culture, giving them a mentor. You know, one of the things I love so much about some of our drivers, you know, the pride they have in our industry, and they truly are the heroes of the industry. I was just reflecting on our uh, road team members. In fact, you know, America's road team, we've got two captains on America's road team, Teddy and Bob. I know both these guys, but we've been doing a, a version of the road team internally since 1990, where these guys are competing and ladies, guys and ladies are competing uh, to be the best of the best. And then having these mentors out there. And, you know, when we do hiring events, when we, we talk to candidates, we try to have some of our best and brightest uh, involved in that process because they can give them the realistic job preview. And y'all know how it is. It, it's tough to start at a new company. You don't know anybody. You don't. It's like, where do I go? What do I do? It's, it's all those things that make up the employee experience. It isn't just the technical aspects, but it's the whole emotional vibe you have when you start with a new company. So we try to tend to both of those. Well, that was, a, that was a question I had for you here is, what is that like? So let's say I get sick of talking about trucking. I want to be a driver. I go get my CDL and I say, ArcBest is a place for me. What's my first month there like? Yeah, well, the first month, again, you're going to get, you're going to roll in, you're going to have a, a designed experience uh, with that mentor, with that trainer, you're going to do ride-alongs, you're going to have uh, sessions with the, the leader, which is very important. You know, that's one of the things that I think set us apart as well, is our leaders' desires to connect. You know, we're over 15,000 teammates now across 250 locations. And our leaders spend a lot of time trying to connect with those new employees. So helping them feel connected, they're going to get in, they're going to start learning. I'll tell you another thing, safety is paramount. So we we want them to do it right the first time. That's a, a, a motto of our quality process, doing it right the first time. That includes doing it the safe way. So that our Stay Safe campaign, we spend a lot of time up front ensuring that it's done right the first time. But again, that 80 hours begins the process. But really, another core value of ours is growth. And it says we grow our people and we grow our business. So what, what happens in that first 80 hours to first month, six month, that's just the beginning. 
And, and what we're trying to do is help people be all they want to be, you know, excelling at their first job, but then preparing them for new opportunities. In fact, one of the neat stats I like to see is just the career mobility around our company. And mm. we have a lot of dock workers and drivers that aspire to do that for a while, but then they also aspire to do other things across our logistics company. We've got instances of drivers working in supervision now in our safety department and training all across the company. And I just love the fact that we can start one space do great there, but then through the connectivity and the programs we offer, they can find their way into many other career opportunities. Jason, you are a very good listener, too, because you heard us in the last segment say we're going to give some of this stuff away to the first five or ten people who ask. He was the first person to ask, so I, I came right one on of it. these, expect right one the of these in the mail. I'll get, uh, I'll get the details from, uh, from your people in the background, but before we let you go, Send him to the wheel, Michael. We oh, already yeah. spun the wheel. Give we, him the question. We already spun the it. Here's the, here's the question. Here's the question. What is one sound that gives you a ton of anxiety? Somebody coming in and say, I'm leaving the company. I don't want to ever hear that. I want, <laughs> I want them to be here till they retire. Can respect that. Wow. All right. I, he, you are on the, the right side of the war on retention, <laughs> the war for retirement. I love to hear it, Jason. Go to ArcBest and sign up to be a driver. If you want to start your career, continue your career, and find a place you can retire with ArcBest. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. There you go, man. Thanks, guys. Beautiful stuff. stuff. He's got the right personality for his job, I'll tell you that, man. He really does. Really, <laughs> and I would love to come in with because so many interviews you get, like, anxiety beforehand. Speaking of anxiety, you get anxiety. You don't know if you're going to have rapport with the That's person. Right. He, That's right. He, he just is rapport. Yeah. It is like human rapport. I love it. That's like, All right. It. Do you That's do you remember I got a question for you. Do you remember what Von Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? Last time or the second to last time? Second to last time he said it's bigger isn't better. Yeah. Better is better. Yeah, of course. Right on. A lot of great quotes today, by the way. Yeah. Whether it's new offices in India, expanding life science operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the best final mile providers in the U.S., AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and responding to right. customer needs. Discover how they can help your business gain fast, streamlined access to new markets at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. History lesson, Michael Vincent. Oh, For that. over 35 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to help monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for hire carriers. Whoa. With advanced technologies and exceptional client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go Let's go to uh, or worse. I don't let's know. go to New Zealand. Well, not New Zealand. A gentleman, a Kiwi from New Zealand, is Mr. Nick Bartlett. He is the director at CBIP Logistics. Nikki, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, we got him on mute. We got on mute, Nikki. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, my apologies. Amateur hour over here. Great, great to uh, great to meet you guys. Oh, you see, he really is from New Zealand. He That's a fake accent, dude. Fake. That's a fake accent. You were you were in just, the. I'm really good at putting it on, so don't worry. I'm just, I'm just all, I'm all putting it on. You ever been to the Lord of the Rings filming locations over there? Uh, fun fact for you, I was actually in Lord of the Rings as a extra when I was uh, 17. What? There you go. Yeah, no, you were. Were, you were you a hobbit? Were you an orc? I was actually an orc, yeah, believe it or not. Uh, at no. Five foot eight. Uh, yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings was filmed about eight kilometers, which is about four or five miles from my house. 
when I Dude. was about eight to, uh, when I was about eight, 17, 18 years old. So <laughs> did, like you wore out a costume in the whole thing and running around uh, killing hobbits uh, and stuff? Yeah, I was decked out. I was head to toe. Uh, got about five hundred bucks for a day, and uh, sat there, and um, and there I was, you know, for about sort of three or four days in total, just just acting as a as a hobbit, walking around, and then getting animated into the film. Wow. Well, well he so knows how to, he knows how to perform. Do you know how to do this? Roll the clip. <laughs> a little haka for you. You know the uh, haka. I, I do. I do know how to do that. Yep. No, Michael Vincent <laughs> said he wanted to challenge you to a haka off. I, I don't Are know. Are you going to do it? What you, got? you want me to go out front and haka? Yes, haka in front. Okay. Haka in front of us. Entertain us, Michael <laughs> Vincent. I was reading the lyrics that haka. They were interesting. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I'm hyped. I'm hyped. You've left him in awe. <laughs> you're you're pretty that scared is, uh, right now, aren't you? Yeah, you're scared, aren't you? It's, yeah, I'm pretty scared, and that, that's pretty good, to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm I'm shaking in, in my boots. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's faced the gates of Mordor, so he knows he knows it all. Yeah, it's let's, hard to scare him. Well, let's talk a little bit about Asia. That's that's scaring a lot of people here. Everyone's afraid. Is there going to be more lockdowns? Is there going to be another wave? Well, there there is. Uh, there's congestion there. Uh, the U.S. is messed up. What is going on in the APAC area? Sure. So, so I think the, the good news, guys, is that um, Asia is slowly catching up to the rest of the world when it comes to moving on with, with the pandemic. Mm. Uh, obviously, the shift has been really really tough uh, from, a, from a mainland Chinese perspective. But, but it, I think if you look at the rest of Asia Pacific, actually, a lot of the, a lot of the countries have actually kind of moved on and, and got on with, with life. You know, I think places like Vietnam, um, Malaysia, Singapore – um, we've actually done a really good job at just progressing uh, and moving forward. Um, in terms of the mainland Chinese, we are still seeing a lot of a lot of uh, sort of congestion and breakdown uh, due to restrictions. Um, but I do see that kind of coming to an end uh, at the back end of kind of Q uh, Q three going into peak season. Uh, we are seeing you know uh, the release of some uh, of the restrictions. Um, I think it's more just kind of the the provincial. Um, sort of impacts that are starting to probably be bigger, have a bigger impact across the board rather than sort of the mass wide lockdowns that we saw mm. in Q1 and Q2 with the likes of Shanghai. Um, so I think the good news is that we are coming out of it. Um, in terms of China specifically, we are still seeing a lot of a lot of issues with, with cross-border trade, particularly down into the uh, special administrative region of Hong Kong. Uh, and more importantly, I guess, you know, from a from an eastern, northeastern point of view, from all of the port operations, um, they are slowly returning to normal. Uh, but, you know, I think that the, the thing we all have to appreciate about the, the Chinese is that they are managing the, uh, the, the pandemic in a very, very different manner um, mm. to that of the, the Western world. And, and as a result of that, um, you know, there's going to be different decisions that are made that maybe not everyone understands, um, but certainly is more consistent and more in line with how they uh, perceive the the risks of of the of the virus itself, um, and and sort of what it means for the country in terms of its ability to sort of reopen itself back to the rest of the world. But there is some confidence here in Hong Kong um, that the, we are close, um, and that hopefully you know in the next sort of you know I'm thinking next sixty to ninety days that, that we should be in a much more positive position going into into next year.
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, when they do these lockdowns, it makes me think they know something we don't know, and they're not telling us something sometimes a little bit scary, but and maybe <laughs> they do, I don't know. But so the port operations are slowly turning into normal. We had the backup of ships big time there because of them being shut down. Has that kind of flowed through? Has there been a pileup of freighter because manufacturing and the ports were both kind of shut down? It's just kind of going back to normal, and there's no big backup. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that the, the Chinese are really good at, it's, it's about getting through challenges uh, and I guess backlog and issues mm-hmm. very, very quickly, right? So, so even though there are sort of perceived points of, of congestion, um, they can actually work through those things really, really quickly. Um, I, I think if you look at what happened during the Shanghai time, uh, when mm-hmm. Shanghai went into serious deep, deep kind of lockdown and there was a lot of provincial, um, you know, China's made up of a whole bunch of provinces effectively. So, you know, there were a lot of provincial um, restrictions across the board that some were different from, from others. Right. What, what we did see was that as soon as those things were lifted, things were moving through pretty, pretty quickly. You also have to consider that there has been a bit of a drop off in demand, right? Um, if you look at what happened last year, it was really, really unprecedented in terms of manufacturing, production, export output. Um, you know, and also if you look at the combination of that plus the way that the ocean carriers were actually operating in terms of um, trying to trying to pump up as much demand as they could uh, to maximise pricing and run a whole bunch of blank savings, it kind of meant that there was a bit of a perfect storm of everything that shouldn't have happened happened all at once. Mm. Um, so, you know, in terms of uh, to answer your question, I think the the good news is that they are very proficient at actually getting through any potential delays that do exist. But on the flip side, demand has softened for sure, without a doubt. Um, the ports are actually operating relatively back to normal uh, from everything that we can see right across the, the south and the northeast of, of the mainland. Um, so that's right up to kind of Shanghai, um, Ningbo and, and south into, into Yantian and, and into Xinjiang, for, for example. Um, and as a result, things are moving nicely from the port side. In terms of the sailing side and the carrier, the ocean freight carrier side, you know, we are still see, seeing a few a few things from them that would sort of suggest that they're just still trying to maximise the uh, the output of the consequences of last year. Um, with a whole bunch of blank sailings we're still seeing, we're not seeing a huge amount of container issues or container number issues, uh, particularly that are westbound. Um, but more importantly, I think what we are seeing is still some of the manipulation coming out of the carriers in terms of how they're actually managing the day-to-day uh, of vessel departures out of China, which is the which is probably the main thing that's actually driving any real uh, delays and issues. Well, I, I got to tell you, so I was on like on Twitter, yeah, like I was on Twitter yesterday, like it's a special occasion. I'm always on Twitter, <laughs> but yesterday <laughs> on Twitter, yesterday on Twitter, Home Depot was already pumping out Halloween stuff. So no. you want to talk about how mm. mixed match freight is like you wouldn't see that everyone last year was afraid they wouldn't have stuff in time. So they were concerned about sales and if yeah. they should start yeah. promoting. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. they're like, we have had these $300 12 foot skeletons sitting in our warehouse since February. Yeah. Come get them in July and get them out of here. We need uh, we need room for other junk. Nick, uh, thanks for taking yeah. us in. Thanks for taking us into Asia a little bit here. How do people reach out and connect with you to get some more information on that market? Uh, well, available anytime um, through my Twitter handle, um, nbartlett underscore CBIP Logistics. Um, be great to connect. More importantly, uh, through our website, cbiplogistics.com. But if you're ever interested in talking about anything related to Asia and Westbound-based logistics, um, I'm happy to have a chat and uh, see if I can teach you the hacker maybe. Of course. And Nick, yeah, next time we'll, we'll give you more space and more uh, more prep for our uh, impromptu Haka challenge. But we're not going to give you prep for this. Wheel of Stupid Questions, we spun earlier. It came up as what's one sound that gives you a ton of anxiety? Uh, a screeching, um, a screeching uh, whiteboard, you know, 
Um, oh, like on a chalkboard. I don't know what you guys call them. A chalkboard. 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 Yeah. Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. 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 Right. Nails on a chalkboard, but, but also just people saying no. I don't like when people say no because me anxiety. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's not a good one either. No. This is like no to a bad thing. <laughs> like just say no or something. Like, no, like a, no, no to anything really, like from whether it be like a no to a sales opportunity or no to a, <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. want to do that for you. He's the yes yeah. man. Oh, come on, man. The yes man. The, uh, Nick, you have a great, let's just say you have a great weekend. Don't be a stranger. Bring us uh, your New Zealand takes more often in the future, sir. Be a pleasure too, guys. It's great to speak to you. Take care. Right on, man. Take it easy. Now we got one more gentleman to meet today, and we're going to find out a little bit about should AI take over freight contracts? Talk about anxiety. I know there's a lot of very hands-on people yeah. in freight who sure. are a little scared of tech. A little behind AI. in this industry. We've been sure. ushering in through freight tech over these past five, ten years, getting better about it. Let's talk to Martin Rand. He's the co-founder and CEO over at Pactum. Martin, thanks for joining us today. I also noticed some balloons around you. Is it? Uh, is it? It's not your birthday, is it? Oh, oh, we got him on mute. Hold on a second, Martin. We got to unmute you. You, you got it. You're on mute. Sir. Uh, Martin, can you hit the mute button? You've muted yourself, sir. You need to unmute yourself. I'm sorry. So uh, <laughs> it's Pactum's uh, three years birthday. So it's a great honor to be in a show. Uh, and uh, and celebrating uh, such an equation. So thanks for inviting. Yeah, let me give you a little cowbell for your three years. Congratulations. I detect an accent. Where are you originally from? Uh, from Estonia. Ah, nice. there you go. You never played an orc, did you? In a Lord of the Rings movie? <laughs> uh uh, n no, I, I, I don't know how that's connected to, to Estonia, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Estonia is a big, uh, is a big tech hub, uh, here in Europe. Skype is from Estonia and, uh, and, uh, transfer wise and, uh, and yeah. Cool. Well, Hey, three year anniversary. Congratulations on it. What is the elevator? Actually, here's a good question for you. What was the elevator pitch on Pactum three years ago? And what is the elevator pitch now? Oh, it was it was really bad. It was really bad. So so basically, uh, one of our investors, one of our angel investors, uh, who ended up investing, said, "Hey, you guys need to have enough money for three pivots because that that's some kind of marketing automation stuff that I don't understand uh, what you're doing." So nobody really understood. Hey, what? How can AI negotiate? People negotiate. It's like breathing or laughing. How can a machine negotiate? So, so people didn't really understand that. Uh, but today we're doing a massive amount of negotiations for uh, Walmart and Maersk and many other Fortune 500s. Uh, we've seen, we're seeing record revenue, uh, record negotiation numbers. So it, and, and still the same. We haven't pivoted once. Uh, still wow. the same thing. So it, it, it really works. That is excellent stuff. So you're a Harvard-trained negotiator, right, Martin? And we've been talking about, you know, over these things, the changes from annual to seasonal bids and that yeah. type of stuff. Why even. do the Fortune 500s need to move away from that annual bid? What's the advantage they're moving away from that? So so what? Let, let's look at what's happening in the world today. And you, you've spoken about this a lot uh, on the show, right? We, we, see, uh, we see commodity price fluctuations. We see rampant inflation. Uh, we see all of the all of the issues uh, we see in supply chains. So so the world is changing. The world is changing rapidly. Actually, this this economist has a whole article on that. The world is changing more rapidly than ever before. So actually, people who are saying that that hey, this this wasn't the case before. This is special. They're actually right. 
so and annual contracts, sustaining annual contracts in that situation where everything changes isn't isn't sustainable, doesn't sound right. And that's and that's that's what happened in uh, in freight was that uh, the pendulum swung from annual uh, contracts to spot rates. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. right diagonally to the opposing uh, direction. Yeah. Uh, right. And that and, and, and then suddenly we had we used to have annual contracts, which are easy for people to handle. And then everything shifted to hundreds of thousands of spot rate deals, which are very hard for people to to uh, manage. So that's where we came in. Yeah, that is a, there's a ton of uh, transaction in there. So how does AI contract negotiation work? You made some good points there that in an annual bid, you lose value on both capacity and currency due to inflation and asset values and all of those kind of things. Right, Michael Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. So how can a computer do it better? What, what would it do that, that uh, a meat bag couldn't? So the problem is in uh, – so where a, a computer adds value is deals – where there is a lot of data, there is very complex data, or the velocity of those deals are is very high. And actually, in freight, all of those deal, uh, all of those aspects are true. Uh, so if uh, if if we take big annual contracts, then they cover many moves. But then when when we try to uh, make every move to uh, be made under market conditions, then suddenly we have a lot of them. So the velocity goes up, the complexity goes up, and people—it's mm. uh, you know—they're—they're—they're they're, uh, they're not so many people anymore, and and things get agreed in firefighting mode. So what what uh, it ends up uh, being is that uh, the truckers uh, get need to provide spot rates at last minute. They need to hold spare capacity. Uh, they uh, and. Uh, they and this all of this translates uh, into prices, and also they know that the customer is doing this at the last moment, so they don't really have any alternatives. So what we do is, uh, when the uh, container ship is still on the sea, we reach out to uh, truckers a few weeks hmm. before, and we we do a contract. It's, it's not a spot rate deal. It's a it's a short term contract. So they get the predictability. Uh, they get. Uh, they can plan the capacity, and it's also not done as a as, as a last minute deal. So there are uh, there are options. We're reaching out to many truckers who are uh, suitable for that move, and so so everybody wins out of that. Yeah. So you know, Martin, we're we're talking about uh, possibilities, recession fears here, and yeah. and slowing down of the economy and that type of stuff. So you know, you talk about renegotiating with all the different seasonalities that are going on right now pre-recession, if that indeed is happening, is it important for those uh, Fortune 500s to be renegotiating those vendor contracts now, and why? So, so, uh, so think about it. If uh, recession uh, suddenly comes in, a, a recession uh, kind of creates a similar situation uh, as in a stock market, as in a stock market route. Everyone wants to leave the door at the same time and the door is too small. So mm. basically, if we're seeing uh, if and and uh, large enterprises see ahead, so they should be reconfiguring the whole enterprise for the upcoming uh, different uh, economic climate. 
Mm. And doing that in a Fortune 500 takes time. Doing that with people takes a lot of time. So they need to begin now. And what's good, uh, what what hasn't been around in all during all of these other uh, recessions and 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 40 years ago, where when uh, uh, when uh, inflation was at the height that it is now, the technology wasn't there at this level that it's now. So actually, there is now uh, there are now systems uh, who can uh, uh, so. A, our conversational bot is able to do things on a similar uh, level that people are able to do, but at the same time do it many fold faster and take into account a lot more data than uh, than uh, people ever could. And people, by the way, are focusing on strategic deals where people are still needed. Um, uh, yep. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, Martin, this was this was uh, really interesting. Yeah. If people want to learn more, they like what they heard out of you. Where do I send them to? If they want to celebrate your third anniversary with you, where do they go? Yeah, uh, pactum.com or uh, reach out to me. It's martin at pactum.com. Uh, I'm always available. Martin, we have our right stupid on. question of the day for you. It is what's one sound that gives you a ton of anxiety? Uh, uh, one sound. Sound that gives me a ton of anxiety. Uh, I uh, so so uh, I fly airplanes, and when the engine starts doing, that could be a problem. Yeah, that always makes your heart go up in the in the throat a little bit. You get a little, you get a little agitized. Yeah, as the yeah, Italians say. I would say. imagine that might be top of my list if I was a pilot. Yeah. Well, hey Martin, you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations uh, to you and the team, and hopefully you have many more anniversaries. Thanks so much. Great being on the show. Right on. Thanks, Martin. Can you believe we had a Lord of the Ring orc on the show today? Dude, it's a first for sure. (laughs) And maybe a last. It was awesome. Solely random, too. Remember that random comedian that, like, when we would do virtual events, they had that icebreaker thing? And there was that one one time those comedian people, they brought, like, a a random extra from Star Wars on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the person wouldn't really talk that much about Star Wars, so that was a bummer. So it was good news they were from there, but it was bad news that they didn't really talk about Star Wars. Oh, I see what you did there. news hope they're okay yeah all right probably are prime day prime day you know this one caught a lot if you're like on twitter a lot of people on social media a lot of people were saying yeah. that prime day caught them by surprise i was too i didn't notice it until i like on when it was wednesday i think it was or tuesday on tuesday i opened up my amazon app to just order something regularly and then yeah. i saw the big prime day thing and then i remembered a conversation earlier in, from last week i had with uh, my kids and i said hey um Find a good deal on a laptop and get a laptop soon so they can start learning like coding and things like that. Right, well, I right, went right, on. Right, right. They were blowing out laptops. Great. We're like between like 200 and 450. You could get a pretty decent laptop. Got yeah. the kids one. And uh, they're already doing like MIT coding. Like MIT Scratch is one of the programs. If you out there, by the way, if you know some good programs for like elementary school kids, my kids are uh, five and seven. Uh, I would greatly appreciate you letting me know. But they're having a great time. I remember when I was a kid, the only thing you could like do, the only thing they taught you was how to like make a lion with the turtle in DOS. There was like a green line you had to. to oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. But now like they're animating full things and like the coding, there's, it's so neat. Yeah, it's, it is very so cool. Neat. My girls have been into that as well. Well, good news. We ordered that laptop on Prime Mini. You did, I think, Prime. Nice. I think some of these people spent like $600 on average. They sold 300 million items. Like, what is there? What? 350 million Americans here. So exactly almost everybody zero. in America bought at least one thing, except for you. I bought nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, here's some bad news. Roll the clip. All of those 300 million items. Some of them got to be in that truck right there. 
And this dude, he does not want to go on the turnpike. What is that guy doing? He doesn't want to go on the turnpike. He's banging a Yui on what? the exit to get right back in the road. Wait causing a minute, a, I'm not allowed to get on the turnpike. Causing a huge stink. <laughs> what do you make of that? Oh, man. That is absolutely crazy, man. I love it. I love it. Hey, man, it's a beautiful day outside. Yeah. Today it is. Today we could go to the skate park. In fact... You were at the skate park just yesterday. We caught this film of you right here, man. What the heck are you doing oh, out there, Tim? What's going on? Let go, buddy. Oh, he lost it. Did he lose his head? Or was that a hand? He just fell down the half pipe. Tony Hawk, this man is not. Let go. Let go, dude. Tony fucked up. That's who he is. <laughs> uh, he the screeching, the screaming, the whole thing is awesome. I, what? I love it. This seems like, I guess you have to practice sometime. How are you going to get good at riding a half pipe in a tricycle if you don't ride a half pipe know, in a tricycle? I don't know, but if I'm there and I'm seeing that, I consider that good news that that guy was there because that was hysterical. Because it, it, it made, it made <laughs> you feel good. I was just good. watching. It gave, it gave you hope in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's, a, here's, uh, here's, here's one for you. Bad news, right? So Chinese truck driver's wife had a brain hemorrhage in 2022 mm. that left her paralyzed so earlier in the year. What's even worse is that you operate thousands of miles from home. Um, they said there are already two young children at home, and it's beyond my 76-year-old mother's capacity to take care of a third person who is disabled. This was that Chuck Trucker told China Youth Daily. Wow. But he didn't hang up the keys, Michael Vincent. No. He didn't do that. There's good news to this story, a positive story. Show some of these pictures. This is great. After his wife became paralyzed, the trucker became her sole carer, right? Washing her daily, changing her clothes, even helping her to put on makeup, according to the South China Daily Post. Uh, when he needs to load or unload goods at night, he will carry his wife off the truck for rehab training due to a lack of space, obviously, within the truck. Yeah, right. Um, now, after more than two years, his wife... I'm sorry, this happened in 2020, not 2022. Now, after more than two years, his wife is able to walk nearly two kilometers what? with his truck driver's help. So he brought her in the truck. He did all the physical therapy, brought her around with her, dealt with all of these issues, brought her back to health. And he said, uh, because it's so limited and no washing and bathrooms facility, the truckers said basic things like taking a shower or using a restroom are the hardest things to overcome. If you ever had like a broken ankle or something, something it's a pain and i have oh yeah pain i did for about six months yeah. and everything you just don't realize that yeah um well he said his sole ambition is to earn a good living and upgrade to a nicer vehicle so they may travel farther and give his wife more room for rehabilitation exercise on board he says when she was well my wife took care of everything at home and gave birth to our two children i cannot dump her when she is ill oh. i would feel guilty for the rest of my life if i let her go what a man. Give me that guy a little yeah, here. Right on, man. What a freaking yeah. man, Peace dude. and love. This is a man. Not only did he not dump her. Yeah. He didn't even pawn her off on anybody. He didn't pawn her off on anybody. No. He decided to take he care of her, her and now her she's walking. He took her in the truck. He's like, I Amen. can't deal with the anxiety. His, yeah. his, the worst sound of him anxiety is his wife just calling on the phone. Why not have her in the truck there with him and take and take care of her. Right. Wish I knew where he was. I'd send him a what the truck hat. Yeah. And hey, we're, I don't know who these. I don't know if they're compassionate over at this carrier, but if you're a carrier over in China, maybe help the guy out. Maybe give him a bigger truck to Hell yeah, man. accommodate his, his wife. Shoot fire. That yep. is awesome stuff, my friend. That'd be brilliant. By the awesome. way, coming up Monday on the show, thank you all for joining us. By the way, as I told you, right, you can go get one of these what the truck hats. All you got to do yeah. is tweet at me, at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Give me your shirt size, right? First uh, five or ten people, well, five or nine people now, because we already had someone claim one. That's First right. five or nine Four people or reach nine. out, we'll start sending you out some, uh, some gear. You yeah. like this show? 
You like it on audio because you're always moving around. Look up What the Truck wherever you get podcasts. You want to watch our ugly faces and see some of these visuals you put on here. And, <laughs> I don't know why and you It's in three-wheelers and things like that. Download the Freight Waves TV app or find us on YouTube. We're on the What the Truck YouTube or the Back the Truck Up YouTube. You have your choice of either. Go visit backthetruckup.com for your latest on what's going on with AB5. I know Rooster's, uh, Rooster's right on top of that story. Who's going to wait? Gunner Miller. Pro wrestler Gunner Miller's going to co host. On Monday. He's coming to the chair. He's going to sit next to us. Yes, he is. I wonder if he can haka. We got a ton of guests. We'll get more uh, things on the port. We'll, we'll see. No, he'd look good either way. LeVar Burton, Trucking Empire. Ian Wilde's going to bring us from the port. It's going to be a good time. Find me at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger. And tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. You'll-